the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We had a pretty punch-drunk market for a couple of days, Wednesday and Thursday, and things kind of sobered up today with a jobs report that cooled down hot markets. Given growing level of angst over Europe's debt situation, military skirmish between North Korea and South Korea, the end of November, it's kind of hard to imagine December getting off to any better start. It's a great start. The S&P 500 surged 3.5% in the first two days. Now, today we're giving some of it back. There was a snowball's chance in hell of hitting a 52-week high. Uh, but it was a chance. Now, the latest push to own equities has come in the face of rising bond yields. Cheap money is getting more expensive. It suggests to me an asset reallocation trade has been an added source of support for the stock market as people are calling off their safety trades. Consumer has been specifically pretty good. November employment report threw some cold water on all this warmness, though. Non-farm payrolls increased a modest 39000 Consensus was for up 130,000. I think this number is going to get revised higher next month. Private payrolls were up 50,000. Consensus was up 140,000. The unemployment rate jumped to 9.8%. Average hourly earnings were flat. Consensus was for a slight uptick. Average work week was steady at 34.3 hours. That was the consensus. Struggles of the labor market really have shown through as the percentage of people who are unemployed 27 weeks or longer have ticked up to 41.9%. The real unemployment rate hits uh, 17% right now, and that hurts. That suggests one out of six workers over the age of 16 is unemployed or underemployed. And there's a great article about the new poor in America, the long-term unemployed, are finding it harder and harder to get a job. And when you've been out of work a year, two years, people are going to question whether or not you still got your shit, whether you could still pull it off. We have a labor force of 154 million workers, and... There's no great big statistical significance between 39,000 and 130,000. Nonetheless, there's quite a psychological difference for a market that's been expecting upsides in headlines. So I'm not all that freaked out by the number. Hopefully you aren't either. Gold prices, because again, we're expecting high unemployment through 2012. We're expecting it at 8% through 2012. And we're at 9.6%. So the Senate's going to do something stupid. They're going to take a symbolic vote on taxes on Saturday. This is just a, a, a silly thing. It's kind of uh, trying to renew tax relief for the lower and middle income Americans. The Democrats want to go on record saying they tried to, and the Republicans stopped them. So we're already starting a little political posturing for 2012. A great article on the unemployed, again, in the New York Times. you got to read it. It's a must read. It's an important read, in my opinion. Non-farm payrolls were up 39,000. Um, that's a huge headline. Um, average hourly earnings, I got this for you, $22.75. Average American makes $22.75. It's pretty interesting. Crude oil was slightly down on this news. 10-year treasury is back under 3% on this news. And again, anywhere under 3.5%, 4%, you buy stocks. Anytime it's over 4, 4, 5, 6% on the 10-year treasury, 
you buy bonds. So this is still, to me, a buy stocks kind of scenario. The Bundesbank has hiked German forecast for growth for 2010. I only throw this out there because, again, their their gross domestic product looks like it's going to grow 3.6%. So Germany and France are faring they're, – they're carrying Europe, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, there's a difference between owning a German bank and an Irish bank, if you get my drift. Um, you do want to own some European stocks. There's no doubt about it. Um, what other big stories are out there today? Oh, this is an interesting one for the podcast people only. Irish tax ripple. Uh, what I'm seeing is the European Parliament's pressuring Ireland to raise their corporate tax rate. And who's going to hurt if they do that? Their corporate tax rate is about 12.5%. Um, if they were to raise it, say, to 25%, a doubling, which is what's expected or what's being asked. And now Ireland's saying we're not going to do it, but it could. Adobe is going to be the most exposed with roughly two-thirds of revenue passing through Ireland. Uh, VMware and Mentor graphics of about 50%. McAfee, Novell, WebSense, and Symantec all have greater than a third exposure. And companies that really don't have any exposure or minimal is Intuit, Tibco, Salesforce.com, and Checkpoint Software. thought that was kind of interesting for you. There's something called content delivery networks, and we're hearing more and more about Comcast and Level 3 and AT&T and Verizon saying, you know, look, the, the use of the internet video is doubling way faster than we thought it would. We can't you know, bear all that. We can't roll out equipment fast enough to cover our costs. The equipment's too expensive. We can't raise rates. So there's kind of a big battle going on right now. And I think it's going to be a, a pretty interesting one. Introduction of a usage-based broadband pricing would slow down online video growth and would kill Netflix. Netflix is starting to look a little bit on the weak side. Be very careful. I told you earlier this week, Chipotle Mexican Grill was looking weak on a day when the market was up huge. It was down slightly. Today, it's down pretty big. So... Again, know that I'm trying to help you as much as I can. I'm not always going to be right. I don't expect to, but I'm throwing out what I can for you when I can. A little interesting note on buying and selling from insiders. Uh, Carl Icahn, he owns a lot of Motorola. He's 10% plus owner. He recently bought another 2.4 million shares at $7.90. That's interesting uh, to me. Uh, American Apparel, their CEO, he bought 1.1 million shares at a buck 48. Other big buys insider speaking. Let's see if I can find a big one, juicy one for you. Well, this one's not bad. Crosstex Energy, ticker symbol XTEX. It's owned by Blackstone Group, 10% owner. They just bought another 106,000 shares at roughly $14. That's worth 1.5 million. So those are some big, pretty big insider positions. There's been some insider selling in Riverbed Technology. A director sold 380,000 shares for $13.2 million. Open Table, a director sold 160,000 shares for about $11.6 million. So we've seen some big insider selling at Baker Hughes and SanDisk and Chipotle. $5 million to $7 million each. Apple, one CEO, um, sold 8,000 shares at three hundred thirteen, worth $2.5 million. That would be Steve Jobs. So those are some of the the more interesting insider buys and insider sells. Bill Gross said something kind of interesting today. He doesn't expect the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates until 20,000. 20,000. That's a long time away. Until at the end of 2011. So that's really bad news for seniors who want safety. It's really good news for people like me who want a juiced economy with low interest rates. Uh, there's no right answer, right? That's what I'm trying to point out to you. Netflix is um, pulling down a little bit. 
So there's a, a short seller on it, CNBC, who says there's no exclusivity on their content, and that's going to pose problems down the road as the big media companies are kind of pissed that Netflix is turning into something they didn't think it was going to turn into. So this guy who short stocks, and he's kind of a dick, um, he's basically saying the company's overvalued by about four to five fold. I share this with you because that's what I do. Um, understanding a little net neutrality. This is going to be a big story in the coming days and coming weeks. Again, I've hinted at it of you know how much content can we fit through the pipe end or not. The internet is a network of networks, right? They're all connected. Accessing a website means the data is transmitted over multiple networks, each of which might be owned by separate companies, separate people, separate um, businesses. The original concept of net neutrality came in existence during the build-out of the internet backbone and infrastructure. The term was not even in existence before then. In concept, the agreement was simple that each owner of a piece of the internet backbone would not charge each other for access to their portion. Why own any portion of the internet backbone? That's a good question. Because the owners of the internet backbone do charge certain customers for direct access or dedicated access to their backbone, i.e. Comcast. The revenue stream for internet backbone owners comes from their own individual customers, not each other's customers. It's been a longstanding principle. Um, it was never codified into law. It could rightly be pointed out one of the reasons the explosive growth of the internet has happened in the past 20 years is because this openness. The term net neutrality has since come to mean you know, much more, though. It's a little bit on agreements between backbone owners not to charge each other. So users should not be inhibited from attaching any type of device to the internet. Blocking of unlawful content services, applications, or devices should be prohibited. Censorship of content by internet service providers or other service providers should be prohibited. So the FCC is proposing, the FCC chairman is proposing um, for a vote in December, late December. And it's clear the FCC wants to use its regulatory power to ensure that net neutrality is enforced in the internet. The largest issue is whether the proposed net neutrality rules actively fall into FCC's jurisdiction and or not. There was a 1934 Communications Act and there was a Telecommunications Act in 1996. The FCC was authorized to regulate only common carrier providers. Information services are regulated under t Title II of these acts, and they're explicitly excluded from the FCC regulation. Political environment is kind of interesting right now, and it presents a huge issue for the passage of net neutrality. Statement by Commissioner Meredith Baker, she argued the FCC does not have legal authority to act, that the matter is best left to incoming Congress, not the lame duck session. What happens if the FCC does pass new regulation? If the FCC passes new regulation and approves the chairman's proposed regulations, the rules will almost certainly become bogged down in legal challenges. So this makes for the most likely scenario, emotional cable companies angry, telecom companies angry, content providers somewhere along there. So one market solution would be the cellular phone market, which is a billing model, which is incremental. Users purchase a defined limit of capacity for both voice services and text messages. For each pricing level, there's a limited voice and text usage. The cellular industry's model for wireless broadband data does not follow this pattern. They only do it on the voice side of it. So the home broadband market offers pricing tiers based on speed and not volume. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The cost will eventually be able to pay for the internet backbone provider's capacity needed to distribute more data if we paid for data capacity and we incurred more of a charge for it. So just as text messages or phone minutes exceed the monthly limits charged, when you exceed your data, you'd be paying more. Public clearly wants the principles of net neutrality to exist. The political world's a little divided on it. So 
we're going to learn a little bit more late in December, and it could change the way you view internet companies like Netflix. It could change the way you view companies that are ISPs or the backbones of the internet, and so on and so forth. Still don't know this whole Groupon Google deal is going to go through or not, but I dug out some data for you because there's been a lot of speculation on it. Google acquiring Groupon, online coupon site. Reports have listed the price at between $2.5 billion to $6 billion. Somewhere probably between five and six is the high end. The chatter's unconfirmed. A deal of five billion would be Google's largest, topping its $3.1 billion deal of double click. Google would be paying a huge price for Groupon. The valuation is relative, though, to sales as inline compared to previous purchases. For instance, double click purchase came at 10.3 times revenue. That is about what the Groupon purchase would be, assuming estimates are correct, the company pulls in at least 500 million in sales per year. Now, 2010 has marked a busy year for Google, with the company making 25 purchases as it's put its $33 billion of cash and short-term investments to work. Their acquisitions have spiked in arguably their largest cash positions. Um, I could take a look back at 2001. They did one acquisition, 2003, four, 2004, three, 2005, four acquisitions, 2006, 10, 2007, 12, 2008, back down to four. And now it's spiking to over 25. So they're trying to flesh out and fill out their company smartly and wisely. And they're going to make some mistakes. Uh, keep that in mind. This is not an automatic home run type of situation. Cutting it short today, I just saw an analyst push Apple's price target to 355, sees potential for upside to iPad and iPhone estimates and adding Verizon units to the model as well. Um, I think that's good, good content for the day. Talk to you again on Monday. Take care. We'll talk soon. Good luck. Have a nice weekend. Get some relaxation in. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.